Today's episode is brought to you by Get Your Guide. Want to make your next trip unforgettable? There's an easy way to do that. Book a Get Your Guide travel experience. Whether you're into food, nature, culture, sports, immerse yourself in the things that you love on your next vacation. For example, you could check out the Sherlock Holmes tour in London. You could take a pasta making class in Rome, experience the San Diego whale and dolphin watching cruise, or go whitewater rafting in the Grand Canyon. They've got a night helicopter flight over Las Vegas, a New York City street art and graffiti tour. They've even got a Chicago river cruise and architecture tour. Uh, I have to stress that my family went on one of these uh, architecture boat tours of Chicago, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, So, I mean, this is the kind of thing that you want to turn to get your guide for. Whatever you're into, you'll find an experience you love. Discover and book your next unforgettable travel experience at GetYourGuide.com. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Today's episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor, featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. In this podcast, we're going we're gonna to start off by asking you to, to take a journey with us. And, uh, I want you to imagine yourself lost amid an apocalyptic wasteland. Mm-hmm. Scorched earth, pyramids of bone, hollowed out cities silhouetting the horizon against a dim red sun. You're starving, you're weak, you're stumbling through the remnants of civilization. And then you trip over something. Mm-hmm. You, you fall, maybe you skin your knee. You hardly notice because you're so hungry. And when you uh, get up on your, uh, your your feet again, you start looking around. You start sifting through the ashes and you find a hatch. And you open it. And you crawl down through the dark. And at the bottom of this twisting tunnel, you find this massive storeroom. It's filled with shelves and shelves of these strange jars. And you 
you luckily you have a light on you, uh, one of these windy deals. But of course, you know? yeah, 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 because other, you, know, you can't find batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plus, you had your preparedness kit. Yeah, you, you yeah. had you had some uh, some supplies in store. Mm-hmm. So you you crank up your little flashlight, and you uh, you notice that the labels have all worn away, so you can't read what's in them. But you can see through the glass that they all contain dark shapes and murky liquids. Mm-hmm. You've uh, you found pickled and fermented food items. All right, this makes your stomach turn a little. Right, yeah. it makes it, it makes your stomach turn, and yet that anvil in your stomach that keeps beating away, uh, you know, this hunger, right, pangs. He's like, gotta eat, gotta eat. It says, could it be sauerkraut? Yeah, but then you notice movements in the corner of the storeroom, on the shelves, across the ceiling, and you realize the place is crawling with insects, delicious, nutritious insects. Yes, big, lovely, fattened cockroaches, specifically. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, which which uh, are you going to feast on? You, you have a choice here. You can start cracking open some jars, and uh, and and you, even in your state, you probably realize that th- this is maybe all the pickled items left in the world. Mm-hmm. So you can't just start opening until you find something right. If you open a, ca- a jar, you're probably going to need to go ahead and eat what's in that jar. That's right. Yeah, you have to be smart about this. Be smart about it. Likewise, uh, you've got all these bugs. You're just going to have to. I mean, which ones can you eat? Which ones should you eat? Which ones are going to taste good? Do you have time or or the energy to to be choosy about it. And this is what we're going to do today. We're going to walk you through this wasteland and help you to make this choice should you ever have to face some sort of apocalypse and be faced with uh, just fermented items, fermented by bacteria, right? Right. Uh, Like sauerkraut or a a lovely juicy caterpillar or, uh, I don't know, cicada, roach. What have you, yes. Yeah, and all the benefits of this, by the way. I mean, actually, we we, uh, kind of turn our noses up about that here in in the Western world, but this is not so unusual in other parts of the world. These these food items, right? These in, in the same way that we're talking about them in a sort of postmodern uh, society, uh, food choice situation. They are also a huge part of our culinary past. I think we touched a little on this in our previous yeah. uh, food episodes. Uh, a- Ancient foods, I mm-hmm. believe, was the title of it. At, at some point, we were hungry and we looked around and we found bugs. At some point, we were we were hungry and realized we needed to stick. Um, away some food for the hard times, mm-hmm. and we uh, discovered what pickling, what fermentation was all about. Yeah, and oftentimes by accident, right? I mean, if mm-hmm. you put honey water out, it's uh, eventually going to ferment into mead, Right. a good, mm, tasty um, carafe of mead, right? Yeah, also beneficial for apocalyptic survival yeah, on why a not? daily basis. Why yeah. not? Um, so basically what we're talking about is remaking your food with microbes. Right. And this is already done to some extent. We just don't think about it. Chocolates, wine, cheese, those are all products of fermentation. Uh, but of late, there have been fermentation activists uh, in, a, in a wider food underground movement extolling the joys of bacteria. Now, uh when it comes to pickles, let me just touch base there uh, real quick about the, um, the the two basic types of pickling. They're essentially two categories. The mm-hmm. first involves items preserved in vinegar, uh, which is a strong acid in, uh, in which few bacteria can survive. Right. Um, so you think of things like bottled kosher uh, cucumber pickles at the supermarket, that sort of thing. And then you have this other category uh, where things are soaked in a salt brine that encourages fermentation and the growth of this good bacteria mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Uh, it makes the food less vulnerable to bad spoilage-causing bacteria. Right. So um, more uh, common examples of this would be like kimchi uh, and cucumber dill pickles. Sauerkraut. 
sauerkraut's a big one. Right. And this this is really important to you to think about this type of fermentation because although it does uh, allow bacteria to thrive, it's anaerobic conditions. Mm-hmm. So it's it's thriving, actually I should say this, pathogens that could be really uh, horrible for us if we ate them are stopped in their tracks because it is an anaerobic environment. So mm-hmm. there's no oxygen for those sort of pathogens to, like listeria, Right. For instance, um, to actually cultivate onto this food source. So what you get are the good bacteria growing onto, say, like sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got the bad bacteria dying away. Yeah, it's placed in, a, in an artificial environment. Mm-hmm. Because if it were in the authentic env- environment, it would quickly be consumed. Right. Uh, it, would, it would rot. It would decay. But you, um, if you took some sauerkraut, you salted it, mm-hmm. put a jar on it, or a top on the jar, and let it sit there for, you know, 17, 18 days, all of a sudden you have this really good, nutritious food that is preserved for many, many months, sometimes years. Right. And and the the important thing here is that this all emerges uh, from a time when there was no uh, refrigerator to stick things in. There was yeah. uh, f- preservatives in your food. Uh, it was just not happening. Yeah, uh, this so, is the precursor to cold storage. Yeah, yeah. And so we end up with, I mean, this is where you get like chutneys in India, miso pickles in Japan, um even uh, um, uh, well, pickled herring in Scandinavia, corned beef in uh, in Ireland, various salsas in Mexico, pickled pig's feet in the United States. Um, one that I always find mm. interesting: the the century egg or uh, pidan uh, of China, mm-hmm. the, uh, an often hundred year old egg that's pickled and all. Um, when when my family lived in uh, Roddickton, Newfoundland, Canada, mm-hmm. uh, when my dad worked for uh, he worked for Grenfell Health, but there was a dentist. Uh, there was a the the various uh, health personnel there. They were kind of from all over the world. So like like we were from the U.S. Uh, there was a, you know there was a doctor from India. There were doctors from uh, from various places in Canada. There was a guy from Scotland, and then there was Doctor Lowe. Uh, and uh, Dr. Lowe uh, was uh, was of Chinese extract, and he had uh, he had one of these eggs, mm-hmm. and he would always try. He would uh, he would he was it was really big on trying to convince my my father to eat this egg. He was like, "You should come over and have the egg sometime," and uh, and 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 my dad was like, "All right, maybe I'll try." And he's like, "But you you can you have to eat it while I'm here. You have to eat it while I'm present." Like he didn't want. He's like, "A doctor needs to be present while you eat this egg." Was his argument? But really, yeah, I don't know. He, he, he may have been kidding around. But I that, was about to say, and this is this really a hundred year old egg? I don't know if it was really a hundred years old mm-hmm. because I don't know how he would have. Um, obtained it there. Like he would have, I guess, had to have, have brought it with him because Roddick and Newfoundland didn't have like a huge Chinese grocery by any stretch of the right. imagination. It had a crab plant and a small. Well, in generations of, of, of people in his family would have preserved it and passed it down, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Or I'm he just was, or it was just egg. an egg that he boiled and it was all a joke. I think so. But, but my point is that you see pickling traditions in, in all these different cultures mm-hmm. and it becomes at, at, at least a, a, a part of their culinary tradition to varying degrees, depending on the, the culinary history. Right, right. And again, fermentation, um, you know, largely accidental in the beginning, but the alcohol and acids can preserve fruit and grains for months, mm-hmm. like I said. And it also changes the flavor. It changes and it yeah. can change some of the properties. So, you know, in general, it's pretty safe. Again, you know, talking about how the anaerobic conditions will stop pathogens in their mm-hmm. tracks. So botulism, uh, no big deal, right? I mean, sauerkraut really is something that you could make and it's, it's going to be completely fine to eat, you know, 10 months later. Um, and you know, it's not just sauerkraut. We're talking about yogurt, not necessarily yogurt 10 months down the road. Um, but sourdough, bread, mead, sausages, 
kimchi, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. Some Scandinavian fish are oh, actually prepared like this way. There's the uh, the hackerel, uh, for instance, the poisonous ice shark. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, if you eat it uh, fresh, uh, it's poisonous. But if you let it putrefy for uh, six weeks, fermenting, mm. and then it becomes uh, something uh, altogether different, uh, which is, sometimes it's called the pea shark because it has a slight um, ammonia or urine smell. Which just, I mean, again... Come on, guys. You, you've got it in the jar. It's the uh, post-apocalyptic scenario. You, you can't get uh, too uppity about it. Yeah, I actually know a guy who, uh, a, a friend of mine who uh, works for a gaming company. They had uh, some people bring in a bunch of these uh, survival foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I mentioned this before, but but he actually tried uh, the pea shark, and he said it wasn't. It actually wasn't that bad. Um, and neither was the p- pickled whale, uh, whale blubber. He said that was actually pretty good too. Um, but uh, but it was, it was other things that were a little grim. But the, yeah. the pickled uh, sea life, not so bad. Well, and this is a delicacy, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to understand, uh, if you're in this culture, you're probably going to have more of an affinity for it. And not only that, when we talked about, I, I can't remember if it was when we were talking about the sea urchins, uh, but we found out that there was a uh, bacteria particular to Japanese people who can break down seaweed right? Uh, that, that we lack here, say, in the United States. Right. A lot of it comes down to the whole argument that we are cities of bacteria. Yeah. That we are the, we are creatures of bacteria. And, uh, and the, the whole idea of, of eliminating bacteria from our bodies, uh, can, can be harmful at times. Where mm-hmm. There's a, there's a careful balance in there. We've talked about the gut flora before. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's actually, it actually plays a big role in people who advocate not pickled only diets, not sauerkraut only mm-hmm. diets, but diets that include these, uh, these traditional, uh, fermented items. Yeah. Yeah. And just to bring up the stat again, we are made up of one trillion cells and host 10 trillion bacterial cells. So the great majority of DNA in us is actually bacterial and not human. Um, now consider that it takes four years for your gut flora to recover after a round of antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And you can see why restoring good bacteria your body is so important to your immune system. And you think about fermented vegetables, and they actually contain natural populations of lactic acid bacteria. And this is the kind of bacteria that we see in pro and prebiotics that help maintain our health and our guts. Um, and again, as you say, it regulates our overall health. And in some uh, cases, it actually can help your mental state. We know that your gut produces chemicals that trigger sleep. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and certainly we know that the serotonin is released by your gut, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is an interesting. This is from the article Nature Spoils by Burkhart Bilger. Yeah, uh, this is great. This was in New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you look it up online, I think you have to have like a membership to get the full version. Yeah, it's behind but, a paywall, but yeah. it's probably worth it if, if this is a um, topic that's really intriguing right. to you. And they also have an audio file available. So when right. you're not listening to this podcast... Uh, Check it out. Switch on over yeah, to, yeah. to New Yorker for a moment. Uh, but one of the people that uh, Bilger interviews says there's no such thing as an individual. And this is coming from Lynn Margulis, and she's a professor of biology at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Mm-hmm. And she says, what we see as animals are partly just integrated sets of bacteria. Right. I mean, we're just, we're bacterbots. We're, we're like corporations, really. Yeah, yeah, we're just we're just hosting. I yeah. mean, that's it's very interesting when when you start to break it down that way to see the ways in which we um move through the world. I mean, how much of that is directed by bacteria? How many of the choices that we make are directed by bacteria about the stuff that's going on in our guts? Yeah. You know, when we feel an emotion or we feel a drive to do something, a lot of that is predicated on on the wellness factor of right. our guts. And in fact, um uh, this is such an interesting 
uh, field that there is a second human genome project going on, and they're trying to map all the thousands of bacteria in our bodies. So instead of focusing on pathogens, um, as they've done in the past, they're mm-hmm. really trying to focus on the symbiotic relationship that we have with bacteria. Yeah, we've discussed this uh, in, in various levels in the past. The idea that, that these things in our lives, these these bacteria, uh, on up to uh, parasitic organisms, uh, these are things we have co-evolved with. So we we have uh, evolved over time to exist with them mm-hmm. in some in varying levels of symbiosis. Uh, I mean, that's another thing. Just the, the realization that the idea of parasite and non-parasite is is not so cut and dry in some cases. There's all there's right. all this gray area of symbiosis where in some cases it's a little more one-sided than others, you know. Well, and we've talked about parasite therapies before yeah, yeah. too. Of course this is not a DIY project for anybody at home, but there is some evidence uh coming out of medical community that parasites can help in some instances. Um but like I just wanted to go back real quick to again something like sauerkraut and the fact that it does have that lactic acid bacteria. But not only that, um, there's a bunch of other nutritious elements to it, enzymes, bacteria, that are being created because of the fermenting process. Right. Uh, so you could get things that are really rich in vitamin C, uh, you know, according to this process. Um, the problem, though, of course, comes when you take a, a really great idea like this and you extend it to, you know, it's the nth degree, right? Mm-hmm. So you take this idea of symbiosis and you say, ah, oh, it can be beneficial for humans. And then you try to apply it to say something like raw meat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, you're talking about high meat, of course. High meat. And not high as in cannabis, but high as termed by Eskimos who um, have used caribou and seal uh, oh, yes. Raw seal, not just as something that's nutrition for them, but also as a cultural artifact. Uh, yeah, and in fact, apparently, and this is according to the uh, the article um, that we were talking about uh, in the New Yorker, said, uh, said that they uh, believe that a regular serving of decayed heart or liver can have a, quote, tremendous Viagra effect on the elderly. So, yeah. yeah. Now, this is also, I, I'm, this fact here uh, is coming to the author of that uh, from a man by the name of Anjonas uh, Voderplantz, mm-hmm. who is the, uh, the, his whole big idea was the primal diet. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I think we've discussed in the past how there are a lot of uh, concerns with, with, with any, well, with any crazy diet that comes along the path because right. they tend to be, uh, they tend to be somewhat on the extreme edge of something like, for instance, a sauerkraut diet, I said you wouldn't want a diet of just sauerkraut. But doing a search for sauerkraut diet just out of curiosity did turn up some results. Like, you know, somebody's oh, yeah. going to advocate it. So this guy in particular, he was like, high meat, uh, it's it's good for you. It's part of our evolutionary past. We're going around. We're occasionally eating the uh, a rotten carcass here and mm-hmm. there. So and, and, and our body needs that. It's like a nice kick in the face from... Uh, the bacterium world. That's right. That the the idea that we evolve with bacteria and parasites. So therefore, it must be good for us to eat some rotten meat with parasites every once in a while. Right. That's actually probably not such a great idea. Right. It turns out, and that's what's been extrapolated from this whole symbiosis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't. I mean, I can't get this image of like what those commercials would be. <laughs> for for like this Viagra of of rotten meat, you know, like you always see the guy golfing in the commercials with mm-hmm. Viagra. I mean, <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine how they're going to roll that out with a uh, with seal meat uh, or a rotten caribou. Uh, you know, yeah. well, you know, we, we've we've touched on examples in the past. Like we mentioned uh, uh, in the ancient foods, we mentioned kiviak, the Greenlandic tradition yeah. of uh, of of catching all the little birds, tiny birds, the tiny birds, and then uh, you uh, you put them in a seal skin and you just hold, just like like after you've. you've Catch them, snap their little necks, take them home in a sack, 
stuff them in the seal uh, skin, get all the air out, mm-hmm. and then bury it under rocks and let it let them ferment in there. Right now, you know that's there's that. Um, but you've got the fermenting process. You, you, you're have, killing a, you the, do have the a fermenting process there, even though essentially yeah. you have just birds in a sack of skins mm-hmm. under some rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the surface, it looks very similar to, hey, I found some dead birds. Let's chow down. Uh, but, <laughs> but no. Uh, but, but, there, but there is a chemical process going on. Yeah, there. it turns yeah. out you do need to convert some of the foods that you eat to make them palatable um, and digestible. So, yeah, I mean, this... This is all part and parcel of these underground food movements that are taking hold right now. Uh, but this was from the article that, that, that actually there are scent molecules that have been identified with decaying meat. And these are the sort of scent molecules that usually send warning signs to our brain, right? Like, don't mm-hmm. eat this. Um, they've been identified as cadaverine and putrescine. Of course, that's after putrid and putrescence. So, I mean, just that alone makes you think, perhaps I, I you know, if those are the, the molecules those are emitting <laughs> and that's what we're calling them, perhaps I should not eat any high meat. Yeah, well, I, I, don't know. I certainly have not, uh, to my knowledge, had any high meat. Um, I may have had a questionable uh, sandwich in the past, but... Uh, but it was by not, accident, by right? accident. But yeah. it was not advertised as high meat. No, no. Um, but uh, but certainly, I would love to hear from anybody who has. So yeah. So, so now, if you go in a cafe and you see high meat, you know. Yeah. 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 It's not. It doesn't mean it's just boar's head or something or uh, some sort of artisan cut or you know cannabis yeah. laden. Well, let's move away from all these strange murky jars and their fermented secrets, uh, and uh, and start looking at the insects crawling around this place as well. Let's, uh, <laughs> What's the sound of the roaches crawling all over the table right now? Excellent. Well, which ones of these guys should we eat? Let's uh, let's discuss. Hmm. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. 
You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Okay, so we're talking about entomophagy, right? The practice of eating insects, including arachnids and myriapods, which are centipedes, our little friend centipedes. Um, and, and here's, you know, a newsflash, if you don't know about this already, if you're eating processed foods, you are eating bugs. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just a fact. The FDA has an acceptable level of insect fragments in all canned and boxed goods. Oh, yeah. So, like, for instance, uh, take uh, figs, whether you're talking about fresh figs or, uh, or a lovely fig-based uh, cookie cake item. Um, fig newtons? Well, there are various fig based. That's one of them. But, mm-hmm. uh, but you can, I mean, you can also just get a baked, like, fig cake, uh, fig wafer thing at, uh, at most bakeries. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, uh, you're gonna, those are likely to contain, uh, fig wasps just because they're, you know, the, the fig itself, uh, depends on these tiny little wasps that have to go in and take care of the, uh, the pollination. So, uh, I mean, you have that, you have just bugs showing up in, uh, in any kind of agricultural crop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to happen. You're going to eat some bugs. Yeah. And then just during the process too, um, that sometimes the canning and the, and the, um, Oh, I think you meant the, like the eating process. Like, no, you, like you're going to get some fly-ins. With, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes I just start <laughs> buzzing around and I start munching. Uh, but no, I mean, in the process themselves, I mean, that there's, there's a food item. There are, you know, little microscopic bugs all over, mm. plus the ones that we can see and they're going to get in there and chow down as well. Right. And then, uh, it is in terms of just the evolution of man, people have had to eat. And if, if you're looking around for things to eat, bugs are everywhere. I mean, it's basically, right. we're, we're, it's essentially an insect planet when you start breaking down some of the numbers. Um, and, and for the most part, we don't, uh, you know, especially here in the States, we don't think about, about eating the bugs. But it, the next time you're on a summer day and just look around you and, and just take in the bugs, especially on a nice, uh, cicada, afternoon just listen <laughs> yeah. to the uh, because uh, we we mentioned on that podcast i uh-huh. believe about the cicadas that these are tasty guys um or or the next time you're out doing a little work in the yard and you're digging in the dirt uh, and you come across some grubs just i mean look we grubs are such amazing um like nuggets of of nutrition because because these are anytime you have like a a, a larva or pupa situation this is this is an animal loaded down with the goods to get it through this stage of its life so it's just a it's just a, a a very nutritious morsel. Yeah, and then think back to the past. I mean, this is this was uh, eating good in the neighborhood, right? I mean, yeah. if you had some locusts and honey, you were living life pretty large. Uh, so it makes sense that this would be a really good source of protein for us. And in fact, in uh, a lot of Southeast Asian countries, mm-hmm. this is not just a delicacy, but something that you would eat all the time, right? This is street food in some places. Right, yeah, like um, various food shows have wound up on the streets of Bangkok with somebody yeah. going to a, a food cart and eating insects out of a cart. And they're generally, it's generally done for kind of like a gross out factor, unless it's like Anthony Bourdain, who tends to, to really get on a high horse about traditional um uh, "Quote unquote peasant food and, yeah, and culinary Yeah, and he has actually eaten seal meat uh, yeah. with Eskimos before. Oh, cool. FYI, yeah. <laughs> so watch out for Bourdain after he's had the, the seal meat. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was in Bangkok uh, several years back, my wife and I were actually looking around, hoping to find the cart with the. Uh, the <laughs> but I mean, it's it with the, with the insects, but it's very confusing out there on the streets. Uh, 
looking around at the different carts and eventually you just really get kind of a an overload uh, decision fatigue kind of a thing and then, yeah and you yeah, can't suss yeah. out the crickets yeah but i wish we'd found it because i really wanted to try them i'm i'm not opposed to to eating the uh, the insects especially when it's uh, part of a uh, uh, some sort of a, a culinary tradition well, I mean, and again, it's not that weird. Uh, yeah, it's it just not seems, at all. Not seems at all. odd to us. But what we're talking about here is some huge health benefits. Yes. Um, the average insect contains 70% protein. Exactly. Yeah. 10% omega-3, 5% minerals, and 5% sugar, and 2% fat. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, this is, this is a great source of energy right here. Uh, different insects have different health benefits with varying amounts of calories, fat, and carbohydrates. For instance, for instance, excuse me, 100 grams of crickets contain 121 calories and they're chock full of calcium and iron, uh, while our little caterpillar friends, uh, before they become lovely butterflies. We deprive them of that unfurling of their wings. They have 28 grams of uh, protein per 100 grams, and they're also a good source of vitamins B1 and B3. Yeah. Well, the I mean, the butterfly is, yeah, is not, not going to be nutritious. It's that caterpillar you want. It's kind of like if you yeah. wanted to hijack a space shuttle for its fuel, you wouldn't want to get the space shuttle in orbit. You would want to get it uh, when it has uh, all the external tanks on it. Before it drops its payload. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's the payload you want. You yeah. want to harvest that payload because the payload is energy. It allows this organism to change from one state to another. And as carnivores, well, as omnivores, rather, um, we are saying, hey, I want that payload. Let me have that energy. Because, I mean, it, it, we've discussed before, pretty much at every level, um, to eat on this in this planet and to consume energy mm-hmm. is to steal energy unless you happen to practice photosynthesis and even the most devout uh, vegans and vegetarians I know do not practice photosynthesis yeah. themselves. Yeah. And blame our drain or blame our drain. Blame <laughs> our brain for yeah. the energy drain actually, right? Yeah, yeah. Talked about that because it needs a lot of uh energy. So that's why we have to go after this um and that's why our forebearers had to do it. Uh So, let's talk about this. There are uh, 1417 species of edible insects and nearly 3000 ethnic groups that currently practice entomophagy. And uh, most of these insects are eaten in the larval and the pupal stages, mm-hmm. um, though some are, are pretty good, for, you know, all the way into adulthood, right? Nice little cricket. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. And topping the list of edibles is the beetle with 344 varieties, ants and wasps with 314 varieties, and then butterflies. They do make the list, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Even huh. though, even though they're the, I think all flash, no flesh. Yeah. Uh, moths, grasshoppers, and crickets. Well, I can see moths. They're a little fatter, and I've seen the cat eat them, so it must be <laughs> yeah. good. That's funny. I'll cl- I actually call my cat Renfro because he loves a good spider web full of uh, flies oh. and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> um, I actually have a quick recipe here for anybody interested. I found this uh, on a, a Nova article about bugs you can eat, um, which has, has a number of different, uh, like from Australia, China, uh, etc. But uh, this one was for grasshopper tacos mm-hmm. from Mexico. And this is all you need. A half pound of grasshoppers, two cloves of garlic minced, one lemon, a little salt, Two ripe avocados, mashed, and then six tortillas, uh, corn or flour. So you, d- you just uh, roast the medium-sized grasshoppers for 10 minutes in a 350-degree uh, oven. Then you uh, toss in the garlic, the uh, the lemon, salt to taste, spread the mashed avocado on the tortilla, and then sprinkle on the grasshoppers. And there but, you go. You know, there you go. It's and I was just thinking, too, simple. that if you didn't have time to cook, another advantage is you just get on your bike or your motorcycle and just open your mouth <laughs> for a couple miles. Well, it's, well, I think the cooking is a little... A little different. I I was trying to dress it up here, and then you turn it back into riding around on a motorcycle eating live bugs. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> that if you're on the go, I mean, you don't need fast food. Yeah. Right? I mean, the fast food is available to you just within mere seconds. That's another thing that comes to mind. Fast food. Like, I, I see people eating fast food, and I, I hope I don't come off too judgy here, but you see some of the things that people are eating, mm-hmm. and you're like, that is so fried. Like, it's just been fried to death. Like, they could have fried a chicken wing. And then remove the chicken wing and just sent you and just served you the shell. Like it could be anything at the middle of that fried bundle of goo that you just purchased in a styrofoam container. So why not bugs? Okay. You know? So, and, and that's, <clears throat> that's a good place to talk about, you know, why we don't go ahead and cultivate bugs on a large scale, right? Okay. Um, you know, besides some of the, the cons here of, you know, like don't pick any poisonous bugs or toxic right. bugs, right? It's a pretty good idea to use bugs as, as a sort of, um, mini, um, or micro farming, uh, system for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because you don't need the land, you know, that, that we need with livestock. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need the equipment, like the huge factory equipment is, is, is really pricey. Um, and, and this is really easy to, also you don't have the, the veterinary medicine. Right. Um, and, and then all the antibiotics that go along with it. 
Yeah, you're, and you're also going to have to worry about naming a cricket before you eat it, you know? Uh, well, that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Although if you it have depends, like a thousand millipedes, yeah. it's probably gets, uh, probably not naming them well, so Well, I, I have also read um, data before talking about the food costs of uh, exploring other worlds mm-hmm. with human space exploration. And those frequently come back yeah. around to the idea of uh, using insects uh, for your protein. Yep, yep. Just because it's less space. Like try and raise a cow on uh, a spaceship versus... Raising some millipedes. It's going to favor the millipede. Diet. Right. Or yeah. if we ever established ourselves on another planet, right? right. Um, you would probably not be able to harvest lettuce and, and cows and so on and so forth. But hey, just bring some, you know, larva with you and probably yeah. have some success. Um, actually, 100 pounds of feed produces 10 pounds of beef. Mm-hmm. The same amount of feed would produce more than four times that amount in crickets. Wow. And that's just the feed. So we're not talking again about the land, which is getting pretty scarce for us and so on and so forth. Um, so I don't know. There's a, there's an argument there uh, that perhaps this is going to be a sustainable food source for us in the future, mm-hmm. just as fermented foods may be. Yeah, I I, I tend to imagine that we as a people, uh, more or less talking about like U.S. Uh, you know, audience, audiences here, uh, that we could... I think we could get past the bug thing, get past the eating bug thing. I mean, because look at some of the stuff we already eat. I mean, we're already eating shrimp. Well, uh, and, and many ca- many of us are eating shrimp. Many well, of us are crustaceans, eating crustaceans, we eat arachnids. Yeah. And, yeah, right. So yeah, they're bas- it, they already look basically the same. And we're eating this, higher organisms. spiders of the yeah. sea, right? Right. And we're eating higher organisms. We're eating cuter organisms, and mm-hmm. we're we're eating plenty of animals that. That look uh, gross. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I think we could get over that, that, that mental barrier to, to eating bugs uh, rather quickly. Well, and as we discussed in the Don't Eat the Panda episode, we have this this uh, moral distancing that we use through semantic distance, right. distancing. So we use certain words to kind of give us some space from what the actual item is or right. to change that definition of what that thing is in our mind. Right. For example, the grasshopper tacos versus driving around with your mouth open because <laughs> the grasshopper top, that sounds good if you that i would well eat you that got right me now. with the garlic there yeah. well yeah and then avocado you put avocados in anything it's gonna be good yeah yeah so yeah i mean i will say that i was like ah, i don't know i'm a vegetarian but perhaps this is something that i could do uh particularly if i'm in a post-apocalyptic situation well let's get back to the post-apocalyptic situation then which are you going to choose if you have to choose between those those jars of pickled wonders mm-hmm. or the uh, creepy crawlies in the corners. Which one are you going to chow down on? Well, I will say that um, the more nutritious option actually seems to be insects to me. Really? Yeah. Well, because you, although it's just insects as one category, it seems like you have a huge variety in terms of some of the um, nutritive mm-hmm. values that it possesses. Whereas the comfort level is definitely with fermented foods. Although I am not a fan of the pickle. I, I found this weird that you you don't like the pickles, oh, like no. anything pickled, anything like kimchi, pickled. Uh, no, not sauerkraut. Mm-mm. Huh? It's just you know, but I would probably get over that. Hmm. And in fact, in a post-apocalyptic scenario, I would probably go with both. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think that your chances of survival, you know, eating some cockroaches and some some uh, two years old sauerkraut is probably gonna. Yeah. In in reality, you would want to go with up both. Your ability Unless to maybe exist. there's a genie here that is saying that you have to choose one or the other. I don't know. We didn't introduce that in the original question, no, so I'm no, not going to force it on everyone here and now. But I would I would tend to even knowing uh, what we know now, I would I would still probably go with the pickled contents. Of, would you? Yeah. I don't. I like plenty of pickled foods. I feel like there's there's a lot of diversity there in terms of the things that are pickled. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I could I could have some fish. I could have you know I could have some cabbage. I can I can get my uh, yeah my poisonous uh, shark and spread the sauerkraut <laughs> on it and put it on uh, 
Um, well, I wouldn't be able to put it on a bun uh, unless somebody has, has pickled buns. You can squeeze out the innards of the, the birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Give it Yeah, so yeah, I would I would have to go with the pickles, but 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 that's just me. And I I love German food, so there you go. Ah, uh, yeah. see. I think it all boils down to comfort level. Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys out there. What what would you pick if you had to? Bugs yeah. only or uh, sauerkraut essentially only? Yeah. Well, not just sauerkraut. And and we would like to know your experiences with eating odd or very normal pickled items. What's your what's your uh, your approach to them? What's the weirdest pickled thing you've eaten? Um, or the weirdest pickled uh, or the most interesting uh, pickled uh, food item in your own culinary history? Um, and then what's your what are your experiences with eating bugs? Uh, I, uh, I like I say I myself have not uh, had the opportunity to eat that many insects. Um, I would. Well, I guess I've, I always have the opportunity to eat them. They're there. <laughs> right um, now, I see a little fly over there. Actually. Yeah. Well, there's that. I mean, but, if you're. But in terms of actually uh, a, an actual culinary exploration of the insect world, I have not really pursued it. Uh, so I would love to hear from people who have. And on that note, uh, let's uh, ask the robot to bring us over some mail. Robot. Oh, there he is. Ah, oh, funny, funny. He brought you pickled herring. Now your mail is all wet with pickled herring. <laughs> Um, well, first, we had a couple of people to uh, point out um, that we recently did a sword episode, The Way of the Sword, where mm-hmm. we talked about the, the the history, the manufacture, and culture uh, of, of sword play and sword, uh, sword smiths. And, uh, and like the day that it published, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, Bob Anderson, uh, died at the age of 89, the sword, uh, sword oh, fight teacher yeah. to the stars. Yeah. Which, and, uh, oh, that's right. He did, uh, Star Wars and Princess Bride, right? Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, a pupil of, um, Errol Flynn's. Uh, he also did, like, Lord of the Ring movies and, and he did Highlander. So, everyone's favorite. Aces in your yeah. book, yeah. Well, no, a Highlander, you, you know, if you've ever been a, like a 13 year old boy, you gotta love Highlander. Even if, if most of it doesn't really hold up. You, know. you could probably be a 13 year old girl, too. Yeah, I guess, you know. Christopher Lambert, he was pretty, pretty dreamy. Or, uh, or Clancy Brown, if you like the, you know, gruffer type of guy, I guess, you know. Fancy Clancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. SpongeBob, uh, voice now, or, or has been for the last, uh, however long SpongeBob's been on. Really? Yeah, Mr. Crab is, uh, or the, the, the crab guy that owns the, uh, the Krusty Krab uh, food place that SpongeBob works at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Clancy Brown, the Kurgan. Okay. So, yeah. We could probably do a whole episode on SpongeBob. I'm actually. just discovering SpongeBob. Um, I had never really watched it before, but there's no, uh, you know, daily show right now. So yeah, we've been, yeah. We've been watching I, other yes. things. And so we've been watching episodes of SpongeBob, and it's uh, amazingly educational. And you know, actually, well, biologists created that show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Um, well, so there you have it. Uh, if you have anything you would like to share with us, um, Things related to the podcast that we've discussed in the past, or the or the more recent ones, uh, let us know. You can find us on Facebook as Stuff to Blow the Mind, and we our handle on Twitter is Blow the Mind. And you can always drop us a line at Blow the Mind at HowStuffWorks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.